Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of an unexpected podcast. And today we have uh, quite a few members of the podcast: Evan, Rob, Mick, and Rainier, along with myself, uh, all joining together to talk about our three favorite models. Now, keep in mind, uh, on this episode, we're not going to be talking about models that we find the most competitive. I think our answers would be pretty similar there. It's actually models we just enjoy playing, whether it's for either the theme that it represents, how well they reflected it from maybe the movies, or just simply it's really fun to play. And then before we get into that, we are going to be doing our normal list review, where one of you can submit a list to us on the YouTube channel, and we will review it for you uh, from a competitive analysis. So uh, let's get into that list. Let's go ahead and pull that up now. What do we got today? Here we go. Can you see it? All right. So uh, go ahead, Mick. What, what kind of list are we working with here? All right. So this is from Alessandro Bigiani. Or Bigiani. Sorry if I butcher your name. Um, he says, hi, I would like you to comment on my list. So in the list, we have King Alessar leading two Knights of Metasteric with shields, um, one's little garden horse with a longbow, five ranges of Gondor with spears, two warriors of Metasteric with spears, um, eight guards of the Fountain Court with spears. And the second warband out of the two is Galadriel with the mirror, eight Galadrim with shields, five Galadrim with bows and spears, one with a spear, three guards of the Galadrim Court, and one Sentinel. That gives us 800 points, 38 models, and 12 bows. So that's six might in here plus um, our Argon Spring. They, then he says um, the idea to make uh, the idea is to make Argon as tanky as possible in order to face enemy magic. Uh, Galadriel can be used to try to step uh, to stop enemy raids. Um, the leader here, interestingly, is Galadriel, because um, as he says, in my area, usually uh, people play using the veto system, and basically only Contest of Champions um, suffers from the decision. But with only two heroes in association, um, this choice benefits him since Argon is a killer and the other one is to uh, is to be uh, defended. So um, I guess I'll start. Uh, this this on paper, like when you when you first look up this list, uh, it's a little confusing, but obviously it has it has its strong points. Um, Argon is very good, as we all know. Um, his free heroic moves, uh, free points of might, um, really help to up our might point here. Uh, since normally you would expect to see something like 10, 12, 15 points of might at 800 points. So here, here you're playing with uh, six plus one free per turn. Um, the other strong point is um, Galadriel is obviously really good at stopping enemy heroes. Uh, and with her mirror, she gets a little extra boost to both herself and King Galassar. Um, We've got like um, three, uh, well, actually four uh, mounted models. Actually, is, is, is it three or is it four? No, it's it's three. Uh, King Galassar isn't mounted, which is actually the first point I would make to actually put him on a horse um, because that instantly wow. in increases all of his uh, fighting ca uh, capability. Not gonna lie, I just assumed he was on horse because it's almost yeah. weird not to put him on one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I just read the list and like my assumption was the same. And then I'm like, oh wait, there's 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 one less mounted model here than I expected to see, actually. Um, I also noticed a couple of words in Ministeriate with spears don't have shields, which is also um quite 
rare to see because normally these models comes with uh, come with shields and spears as, as default. So uh, I'm not 100 sure if that's a, if that's a mistake or if that's meant to be there. Um, yeah, but generally uh, the list has 38 models, which is which is okay at 800 points. And they all seem to be quite high fight value, quite reliable at fighting. Um, Galadriel has her blinding light, so we're okay with enemy ball fire. So yeah, initially it seems like a relatively solid list, but obviously there are there are problems to it. Um, so I'll I'll just pass it on onto onto one of you guys to um, to discuss further. What do you think, De- Devin? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also had kind of the same reaction looking at it. First, I was just like, all right, well, this is kind of not going to work. But after reading through it, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see what you're getting at. Um, there, you know, it, it, your might problem is being solved with the fact that you have King LSR. So I think it puts the list puts a lot of weight on King LSR. The actual list itself doesn't have a whole lot of punching power. Um, and so I believe you mentioned that, Mick, that like it, it's it's just very, very reliable here. So I think how they use the magic in this list with Galadriel is going to be absolutely key. If you can't shut down enemy heroes who are cutting through your army and other parts of the area, that's going to be a serious problem. Um, I think you, now, as far as I'm seeing, what is there, like six bows? Or 12 bows. Okay, so you're pretty much going to win most bow wars, so I'm fine with that. Sentinel, uh, definitely mount King Alisar. I, I almost assume, does King Alisar just have the horse built in can you no. even take him without a horse i would find that very shocking not, if not sure why you'd want to i think um, it might be illegal in just, some countries yeah. but okay that <laughs> um, that would be extremely shocking if this guy is not mount. i almost just yeah. felt like he wrote it and just was like of course he's mounted you know like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and i mean like especially seeing as you're taking the mirror right which the whole point of the mirror is he uses his fate on the horse and then you restore oh, yeah. his fate so you can keep fading the horse. So I, I would assume that he just thought it was like so obvious that he didn't even write that the horse is there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you had yeah, mentioned I, one critical weakness of this list Evan, before we actually started um, reviewing. I was going to say it, but I'm like, I'll give it to you. <laughs> what was one of the big weaknesses you noted? Um. I mean, no, I can't that, remember. Oh, yeah. LSR yeah, yeah. getting shut down. Yeah. 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 So uh, clearly I was much smarter back then than uh, I am 10 minutes, 10 minutes after now. But uh, life comes I at think, you fast, man. Yeah. We, we talked about how you've uh, aged. <laughs> I'm aging so quickly. So you, you're only relying on King LSR as the problem. And I think that's like, the big big problem with this list is often when you see like these lists that are super reliant on their heroes like you know the fight the uh the strength three spam uh that takes the big hero as you usually see at minimum two i'd say some of them go three and even four the problem here is you've only got one and especially seeing as you have no real method of magic resistance other than try and transfix them with Galadriel before they transfix you, which isn't overly reliable. Um, If Aragorn gets shut down, say, if your opponent has one, two wraiths, if they have a wizard, God forbid they have a barrel white, it's going to be awful. Um, Like this entire list kind of falls apart because you're throwing all of your eggs in a King LSR size basket 
and that basket is very easy to just completely break. Um, so I think while on paper, this list has a lot of cool aspects, like you've got the guards of the Gladium Court in there, which is great. You've got the one Sentinel, which is nice to move stuff around. The mirror is a lovely combo. Um, but I think the build of this list and the fact that you're relying so heavily on one model, which can be shut down, um, may cause some issues for you. I also was noting that um, that reliance on that model for the might factor that I had mentioned earlier. The problem is a lot of turns, you're probably going to be spending heroic moves on King Elisar because you don't have like generic captains or anything, which means that when the combat phase hits, if they manage to tag you with one model, you're going to be very tempted to do a heroic combat. We'll start to burn King Elisar out of might to, to make him effective. Um, so, cause obviously that trick you can only do three times. Right. So, um, and I think for will aspects of that, you know, Evan mentioned, I think you have three points of will. There's no other way to regain it in this list whatsoever. Nope. So it isn't even particularly hard for a magic user to actually shut mm -hmm. King Elsa down uh, whatsoever. But, well, that was just one thing I noted is that if you, if let's say you don't have a magic user and you have a spam list that you're fighting against King Elisar, if you can just tag him with one model, he can tempt you to want to hurt combat repeatedly. And then that will drain him of might pretty quickly over time. So, especially if you're not feeding him other targets to go after. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think everything you said is true. And the other, the other kind of limiting factor is if you're, if you're up against a list where LSR is relying on the mirror, um, whether it be for trying to keep saving his horse or whatever, you're kind of geographically limiting him to one part of the battlefield. And it's, um, it's a little bit more predictable in where he's going to go and how to deal with him. So you're giving a little bit of tempo to your opponent by just knowing that he's got to stay within six inches of that mirror as well. But that's, that's just another facet of what you said, which is the, the entire list revolves around um, King Elisar essentially doing everything that he needs to be doing to drag the list forward. So yeah, just I'm struggling to find a, a, you know, a solution to this list, because I think we're all in agreement here that this list needs another combat threat, right? Mm -hmm. We need at least two. Uh, models that can bring the damage so if they have a caster or if they have something that can shut one model down at least mm -hmm. then the other model can go and uh, pick up that slack mm -hmm. the problem is i'm struggling to uh, figure out how to add in another one without either completely tanking the model count in this list or dropping either King LSR or Galadriel, which I assume the person who posted this list doesn't want to do. Mm -hmm. So if you guys have any ideas, then dropping King LSR, I mean, the list functions around the mirror, right? Like, so, I mean, you've seen this list before with like Guahir. Yeah. Um, the problem is Guahir works because he doesn't lead from the front like King LSR does. So you can kind of, you know, wait in the rear or whatever and move. And, and it obviously flies over ranks and stuff and you pick out what he wants. Um, <clears throat> with Two threats, yeah, dropping King Elisar for two guys who might have a healthy amount of fate. The problem is once you split King Elisar's cost, you still are dropping models to get things that are worth even protecting with your mirror, which is inherently the problem with the mirror in the first place, actually, because it's like, how much do you care about the mirror when you don't have heroes with more than one fate? Which, of course, mm -hmm. once we talk about 100-point heroes, a lot of them just have one fate. <clears throat> so... 
But yeah, I honestly, I think that's the way you do it. Because if you drop Galadriel, then the entire idea around the list doesn't even make any sense anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, I think some that come to mind, Fellowship Bormir doesn't have any fate, right? Like zero fate. He has right? no fate. Well, but he came to mind as just idea? a cheap way to get a hero in there, right? I would go for Strider then, I'm wondering. Well, because no, Strider doesn't lead anything. He's pretty expensive to not lead. So I guess that might be a tricky. Yeah, I mean, unless you I, drop. I a, guess you could do like a a Strider Hurin kind of thing. Um, yeah, actually, then, maybe that. that drops your model count a little bit to thirty six, but at least you get two threats then. And well, then also you have to fit in a banner because Aragorn's got his banner effect. So I mean, it's I just kind of a totally relying on his banner in this list, though. I don't. I, yeah. I think the list is meant to be solid enough. Where it doesn't like, I'm not saying don't bring a banner, but I don't think it kills the list to not have one. So no, I meant if you drop LSR and take Strider, then you don't have any banner. So you need to figure out the points to get one in there. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. At, like, at which I, point you're dropping the mirror, probably right, and then the list yeah. is no longer revolving around the mirror. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I think if you want to get the banner in there, you probably drop. Um, Maybe the uh, one of the knights, which I shudder to say because I actually like the fact he has two knights in there. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a little tricky. I mean, the sentinel becomes a really tempting choice, but, it, you know, probably, honestly, maybe the sentinel. I don't know. I know that's a lot of utility, but if for one model swap over, like you get the banner, it's, it, you know, it, with your elven fight five, it's really tempting to keep that banner, especially with the fight six guys there, too. So, but but um, right. Hurin doesn't work on Strider, right? Because I don't think Strider has the Gondor keyword. No, yeah, yeah. Hurin so. won't be able to take command. Galadriel would be forced to be the general, but as you mentioned with his veto system, he doesn't care about contests of champions anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus she is the general anyway. At that point, she would be right. Yeah, I mean, he says here that uh, the leader is Galadriel anyway. Oh, the leader's got oh because oh, okay, of assassination. Yeah. It doesn't right. change yeah. anything about his list. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. change anything. Yeah, so then maybe her and Strider, but I think he gets the point. I think anyone trying to make a list around this mirror, um, you can see why it's difficult, why you don't see it too often. Um, uh, Gwai here, I think, does this trick for 100. What, how much is he, 160 points or something? 150, yeah. yeah he's yeah. almost 100 points less than LSR. Yeah. So and I think that's part of the reason why you only see the mirror with birdbath lists and nothing else because... One, Guajir can just carry the mirror around with him. So he doesn't have to have, he doesn't have to stay super close with, to the mirror. And two, he's cheap and, uh, you know, doesn't drop your numbers slash your uh, hero count nearly as much as LSR does. Actually, with, with all that in mind, why not, why not just have Guajir and Hero in here instead of LSR? You, uh, well, yeah, you could do that too. I think, you know, yeah. I think the big point is drop LSR. Yeah. I think LSR is too expensive to take advantage of this trick that he's trying to do. And I think that's all what mm-hmm. all we coming into agreement. Mm-hmm. So I think any variation that you pick, Wahir and Heron or Strider and Heron or, or, or whatever, and it doesn't have to be Heron, but you get the idea. Just break up King LSR into two strong heroes who both would benefit from this. And I think you're going to come across a probably a little bit of a stronger list. I think it's what we're all saying. So um, uh, unless Rainier, do you have anything to add or... No, just my connections was <laughs> weird. But my, my only suggestion would uh, Huron and Gua here. 
That's what I kept thinking because you want to keep those cheap, heavy armored Gondorian soldiers. And you can only really get that if you keep Huron. I like the idea of Strider and Gua here, but I'd go with uh, Huron and Gua here. Then you have Six Might. One's mo- They're both pretty mobile. You have one on horse. The other one's going to be flying wherever he wants to get and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you still have like around 38 to 40 models, which is pretty good considering a lot of them are fight five and six and the majority of them are defense six to seven. So yeah, that's it. Maybe move around a couple things like drop the spears on the warriors of Minas Tirith, or if they're, they are costed right now at spirit shield, maybe just find a way to make them into fountain court guard. Cause why not fountain court guard are like a big steal. That's why I've again, like I keep hearing. Well, um, if you take her and you'll also have to drop his war band down though at Guahir because mm-hmm. he's only valor and there's 18 in that war band. So that also buys you some points, but, but at that point I'd probably just go like 10 fountain court and five Rangers. Right. And just have that be her and mm-hmm. war band. He, d- he does say though, like assassination, he mentions assassination. So I wonder if Huron would scare him in that sense, because Huron would be an easy target to take out in assassination. Mm-hmm. But like, who who knows? Like, I'm 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 also curious where where he plays and what his meta is like mm-hmm. because we make we may be like making all these suggestions, but it might not apply to him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm curious. Like, let us know like how you do and like where you yeah. play and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll cool. go ahead and take the list down now and uh, go into the main topic at hand, which is our favorite models or profiles. Or actually, this is more specific to the profile. And we'll go ahead and describe why, you know, of course, in each case. I will take it one by one. Rob, what would you, uh, you pick as your first select in for the favorite profile? Okay. Well, this is probably going to surprise literally no one that has ever met me. Um, but my <laughs> first favorite profile is Boromir of Gondor. Um, that is the Fellowship version. I also very much love the Minas Tirith Captain of the White Tower version. But in terms of my favorite profile, it's got to be the Fellowship one. Um, I really come at it from multiple angles, right? One, it's my favorite character from the books and movies, so that doesn't hurt. I actually do like, you know, the aesthetic that they chose for Boromir. Um, I enjoy painting him with like the blues and the reds and everything. And game-wise, it's just, I always have so much fun when I play this profile because it's such a little toolbox, right? He has all the heroics that you want. He's got some built-in horde protection. Um, he can shield, he can horse around, he's got six might. So you have a lot of um, a lot of might to be able to do some fun tricks with him. Uh, the fact that he has no fate means that you actually have to think about what you're doing with him because he is fairly vulnerable. And, and it's a nice little like mental puzzle about how to get the most out of him without getting him killed. But at the same time, whatever list you're putting him in, chances are he's there as a force, force multiplier and not like your leader or something super important. So even if you do lose him, it doesn't usually cripple you entirely. And every time I put him on the field, almost in any army, I just have a blast. And so Boromir of Gondor is definitely my, my first uh, of my top three favorite profiles to play with. Um, a little bit less likely to hit the table now that his wife, Lady of Light, is no longer available. <laughs> but um, but I'll still try to make it work because I have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I have to add, just from a theme perspective, something I kind of was thinking about is um, that six might that he has is like one of the 
representatives of him like never giving up. Like he just yeah. constantly has energy to keep going. Kind of really shows off that scene with the Urukai. And so it's like I just kind of like actually the fact that he's yeah. like the only character in the game with six might. I know Azog, but not really technically. But not really, yeah. No, yeah. I mean I think you're right. I think it really reflects like the books and movies so well that you know by this point i actually think this profile reflects boromir better than the captain of the white tower one which is awesome for a variety of reasons but this whole idea that he's like determined and strong and um but he has no fate because he like burns himself out and he throws himself into reckless situations um and i love i love the horn i love this idea that you know he gets swarmed by all of these little crappy troops and he blows the horn. They're like, Whoa, I didn't mean nothing by it, bro. Right. So um, yeah, I just, I absolutely love it. And the fact that he has strike defense and March, it's the trifecta, right? So like he can do anything you need him to do. And in some cases, like if you are, if you're playing Lothlorien and you're planning on taking a mounted uh, elf captain, pay like 10 points and get Boromir instead, right? He's just as survivable and brings a lot more to the table. And like, he's Valor, he fits right in. I probably shouldn't say that or he'll get FAQ to fortitude in no time. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I just, I, I never win or lose. I always have a good time with this profile. I think the play style is unique because of the like high disparity between high might and no fate, right? Um, very low will, but he's got mobility. He's got good combat stats. He's got a good amount of wounds. Um, yeah, I just love him. So, yeah. but again, and, anyone and who knows me should not be surprised. I think the playstyle is unique too, especially for good armies too, because mm-hmm. it's it, it's falling under that like evil men like spend the might before they die. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, Warmir. So that's it's very unique um, with yeah with good armies, which I find really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll take the next one here. I actually um, just picking one that I I have a lot of fun playing uh, is uh, camels. Mm-hmm. that anyone who knows me should not surprise yeah. anybody. I mean, I, I these are the only cavalry models, not necessarily the only ones with that rule, but the only cavalry models that kind of just run through ranks exactly how I kind of envision it should, probably from the Rohirrim cavalry charge from Pelennor Field in the movies. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of feel like all cavalry models should do this. And I get it, uh, that that would probably be game-breaking. And they'd have to rework the entire mechanics of the game to do that. Maybe, I don't know. But, you know, as far as cavalry... Like they, they're a lot of fun just running through it. And the, and the amount of fear that generates when, you know, those roles keep going hot and people are like, mm-hmm. they'll have to look like Gothmog had in the movies. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, yeah, he, right. It's just like, he, he's like tearing through this. So uh, I, I have a lot of fun playing them. Yeah. You've been terrorizing our local meta with them for years and years and years. And they definitely, when you, when you, when you start rolling hot and you're like, Oh, Oh no, <laughs> what's happening, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> it's especially really bad if you go against like armies like Rohan, where you get two rolls to, to try to kill the target. It's just like, it, I mean, you could, I mean, it, it murders through cavalry armies. It's, it's actually, I don't know, fun in every single way to play through it, especially if you maneuver them right. Now, that's the only part that's a little unrealistic. I can like do like these kind of fishing tactics, depending mm-hmm. on what I killed on the way, but <clears throat> yeah. But, all right. Evan, what do you got for us? All right, so I've got a bit of a surprise pick in one I only recently uh, took liking to, and that is actually Theodred, heir of Rohan. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I uh, posted a super long post uh, on our uh, Facebook thread gushing about uh, how great uh, the Theodred's legendary legion was, Uh, but I recently took it to Shadow in the East, and I was very impressed. 
uh, with how Theodred did. I took, for the first couple of games, I took the Legendary Legion. For the next couple, I took a Rohan Lothlorien Alliance. And, well, let's list off the uh, many good traits that Theodred possesses first off. So he's 80 points, 90 if you take the horse, 95 if you take the shield. And the big thing that he can do is he's got three attacks, four on the charge. Um, he gets strength five on the charge with the army bonus. Uh, and he gets reckless charge, which means that he re-rolls all failed to wound rolls during the fight phase. <clears throat> I had him kill a lot of things that I would never expect him to be able to kill. I had him team up with a couple of other Rohan guys he would just chop through trolls. Mm -hmm. He would go in, call a heroic combat, kill four models in one turn. He was just an absolute beast. And he's also got a lot of interesting and cool factors that make him not overpowered, but just really interesting to play. And that's, of course, uh, one, he's got one fate and two wounds. So he just dissolves if you lose a combat with him. And two... He always has to charge if you're in charge range. And while some people may find that to be a debilitating weakness, um, there's actually ways to play around it where you can take your troops and basically make a barrier in front of him so that he can't charge and then you can move him where you want. So it's a lot of fun to try and figure out those situations and make it so he's able to get to where you want him to go without going crazy, charging forward into the lines and then immediately dying. So I think just for fun, for the damage he does, he's incredible. The only reason he gets a hit here is because uh, I'm looking at his model right now and his face reminds me a lot more of Gothmog than it does a heroic man. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's got that whole, like, my face is melting going on. But it's quite the is, jaw, right? Like so long. Yeah, he looks like an elf hybrid with an end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I like, like his his eyebrows are like dipping in over his eyes. It, it's, yeah. His foot model is worse than his mounted one too. Somehow, like he fell off his horse wrong and like his face broke. Right. And yeah. like, yeah. But I do like, he, like his hands are his hands are like paws. <laughs> So. No, but I, I do like that he is kind of like a medium risk, high reward. Mm -hmm. Like there's that risk, but he's not that expensive. Like you said, like you said, uh, Evan, and it's when he gets going, he gets going. And I really like that. I know I've, I've raved about him before in our Rohan episodes. Yeah. I think you too, Mick, like we all, and as you're talking about him too, Evan, he sounds a lot like Rob's Boromir, mm -hmm. where it's like, just go, go have at it yeah. for not too much, too many points and uh spend his resources but yeah he could could, could choose choice yeah so he, he didn't make my top three right? but he would be in my top five i absolutely agree with your choice <laughs> he's also a hero baller right he so you could just yep. you could just drop him into things mm -hmm. so you could you could always make a list where you go oh i have i have all these all these fun things like i'm gonna throw in a three of the rounds i'm gonna throw in a boromir yeah oh <laughs> be still my heart mick <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like I could almost throw in Galadriel, I did light. Yeah. If only. Man, now I want to try that. Don't tempt me, Frodo. <laughs> All right, Mick. What's, yeah. what's good your choice, choice, man? Um, I was thinking uh, probably Druzag is my favorite, like fun, mm -hmm. fun thing to yeah. play. 
Um, well, he's he's just like a unique character within the game, so you're not really necessarily using him to fight, but you're building a list where there might be a butt swarm, they might, there might be a warg rider or like a warg, or there might be a spider queen, or just like these these random things. And um, his enraged beast is like this this unique thing in the game where uh, most of the time you just one dicing, mm-hmm. and you go, oops, there's there's someone who will now strike with two additional strikes and if it's something like a spider queen it's mm. almost like a like a like a free bonus because um if you if you're sitting there on three wounds with a spider queen you don't even care if, if she takes one wound anyway because as soon as she loses combat she'll die regardless of whether she's got three or, or one wound left anyway um so yeah you can just you just have so many options for them and you don't really like your opponent will never know where you're going to target and like what you're going to do exactly. So yeah, he's just a fun, interesting character to play. The the the, the downside of is obviously that he's only a hero fortitude. So if you actually want to ally him with some additional like fun things like Shiloh or something like that, then you have to be taking all these other he- heroes. Drozak so, really the only option, honestly. Or not Drozak, Gerbert. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So Gerbert is the is the only option, but he's he's not that He's not that great if you're if you're trying to like maximize on on the on the fun toys. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's I just it's just, it's just a really model. fun fun character to play. I also really like the model. It's like weird, like half-eaten goblin man with bats, right? <laughs> well, actually, those bats. So like a few years ago, uh, I couldn't get a uh, get hold of bat swarms, mm. so I so I actually just chopped off those bats. <laughs> Like and I, and I put, put them. I've seen a lot on the back. It's like here's here's a free bot swarm. That you here. saved like fifty bots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it actually looks more like a swarm of bats than the actual yeah. model, which is like massive bats, which are more like war yeah. bats, right? I mean, you could also just like put some rocks onto onto your base, and and actually use his bots to have like two bot swarms even. You just put rocks and a couple of bats here, and then rocks and a couple of bats on another base, and and, and like your one blister with drugs like just gets gets you three, gets you two bats once at the same time. <laughs> Most efficient blister ever. <laughs> All right, Rainier, uh, what's your yeah. favorite model and why is it chariots? <laughs> my, my third is camels, also. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like you said, I was like, uh oh, but um, yeah, camels specifically the Mahood King. I think um, the idea that you can kill something, chariots will probably pop up soon. <laughs> you can kill stuff in the movement is uh, such a unique thing to the game. And it brings a lot of strategy in one of the phases that I think is overlooked in the game. Most like top players, you'll see if you actually like study, not study them hard, but like you look at how they play, the movement phase is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, yeah, the camels play into that. And when I was getting more competitive, more competitive, I was like, Ooh, like let's play with this. But even the idea um, of a cheaper model, it's on the cheaper end, the Mahud King, strength five with piercing strike, and you can heroic combat. Mm. Like, that's disgusting. And you can you could kill like four or five low defense troops on a charge, heroic combat, kill four or five more, mm-hmm. while also threatening heroes like Aomir, Theodrid, um, other fight five heroes that are going to have to heroic strike because Lord have mercy if they don't it's a 50-50 chance that they're going to die. Mm-hmm. And just the Impaler thing is amazing. And whenever I play Mahood, my biggest, I guess, like, oh no, is when I go up against dwarves because typically 
my style is like death by a thousand cuts. But when I play my hood against dwarves, I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> 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 like, like these guys rogue combating against defense seven is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my, my, my third favorite model would go to the hood King. Mm-hmm. And you can uh, put two or three in the same army too. Cause they're not actually in Piero, So, yep. and he's valor, right? So you can also ally yeah. him pretty easily. Yeah. Exactly. Get those half trolls into if you want, like mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty good, pretty good. And it does balance typically whenever I play uh, Harad, it's a good balance to give a punch um, to, to the Haradrim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm the only one who takes it overboard and just takes an army of those things. Uh, <laughs> but, but all right, yeah, Rob. I, 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 did, I did it my last tournament, actually. I just took Pure to Nashville, and, and they were disgusting. Mm-hmm. But you you inspired me, Devin, because like I was like, oh, you like he's playing those guys and they're 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 oh, terrifying. Yeah. It's it's terrifying them. coming up against them. They're but terrifying. like it's it's an awesome army to play if you have seven thousand dollars to buy them. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's also I mean it, it plays into that whole risk reward right where they're fairly fragile, so you have to kind of know what you're doing and you take a risk. But you know they're they're a glass cannon that really cannons, which is which is a lot of fun. It is, yeah, yeah, and they are—they are too. Like, kind of like Devin said, they are that traditional cavalry charge that you kind of imagine in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even seeing some of them come charging at you, you get a nice volley, and you kill like two or three in a warband of eight. That's terrifying to see. Like, still, oh shoot, there's still five left, mm-hmm. and they're just going to mow down whatever they come up across. Mm-hmm. So yeah, top good choice. Good choice. Best would go to the Hood King. Yeah, I don't think I ranked mine in order of importance. Maybe I should have, but yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just did it so I can remember that two more. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm up on my next one, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, anybody who knows me or has ever played against me will be even less surprised by this than by my first choice, and that is the guard of the fountain court. My my uh, favorite. Uh, infantry model that I have been bringing um, on mass for a very long time. You're just um, making the hundred point list. This this whole thing. You're just I think maybe I am. Like by the end of it, I'm gonna be like, and this is what I'm bringing to right. <laughs> uh, well, before before COVID, and then later Fackgate, um, I did have Fountain Court, Boromir, and Lady of Light all together in a list. So rest in peace before you ever got a real outing. But um, but yeah, so I really love this model um, for a variety of reasons. Again, aesthetically, I think it's the coolest model in the Minister of the Army list. Um, just in the movie, when you see them like standing there stoically around the tree, uh, and then on the table they have the cool helms, and um, you can give them because of the the lore. They're the only they're the only unit in the army of Gondor that's allowed to keep the original heraldry of Numenor of Valendil, which is super convenient because you can use all those leftover Numenorian shields on them and they just kind of look really cool and unique but what i really love about them and why i've progressively over time kind of migrated towards just using bunch of fountain court is their reliability um when i play games i really like to think about what i'm doing with my heroes and i like to take heroes that are fun to play and i really like to take risks with them i don't like the same thing with my troops I want to know that my troops are going to be where I want them when I want them and do what I want them to do at all times. And I just don't want to have to think about it. Right. So like the fact that they're D seven without shield wall just naturally means I don't have to constantly be worried about my positioning. The fact that they have bodyguard means that I'm not, 
you know, constantly worried about, am I going to fail that crucial courage test, which has happened to me innumerable times, right? Where it's an important moment of the game, like recon or something, and your guy runs off and you're like, well, there goes the game because of a bad roll. Um, I don't want to have to worry about it. Um, they all have spears, which means that they can all be in the front or in the back and it doesn't matter because they can always be where you need them to be and do what you need them to do. And so that kind of just reliability, durability, and flexibility means that I know that my troops are always going to be the anvil that I need them to be so that I can really focus on what I'm doing with my heroes, right? They're not going to run off at weird times. They're not going to be out of position. They're not going to be, you know, the spears all the way over here. I can't get there. And, um, and that's just, you know, maybe says something a little bit about my play style, but that's what I, what I really love about them. You can get them to fight five, which is obviously amazing if you play Boromir, but even naturally fight four, that's very respectable. They're fairly durable to shooting, whether or not you have blinding light and, and yeah, so I just really love, I really love the kind of way that they allow you to play your infantry without constantly thinking about what you're doing with your infantry. And that lets you focus on other parts of the game. And especially in a time tournament, that's an important thing, right? Because the more time you waste thinking about different parts of your army, it's just rolling the clock. So, so that's why I've progressively gone from a couple to a whole lot. Yeah. I imagine there are four, 20, 24 of them. I think, I think I ran like 32 in one list once, but, but I mean, that's how it was in the books too, right? Like they just kind of like left the army at home and brought the fountain court. Well, and at one point I was playing about two thirds fountain court and a third Rangers. And I was playing against Devin actually. And you were like, yeah, the Rangers, the weak part of your list. And I just keep shooting them with Corsairs or whatever. And like, they're the weak part. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Screw the shooting war. All fountain court. (laughs) And I never looked back. All right. Well, so I guess moving to my <clears throat> second option here um, is actually the lingering shadow. So, and it's mostly once again going off of fun here. Every single time that I, I, I think they represent what they do in the movies quite a bit, and most specifically the lingering shadow because they didn't need to actually be killed to actually like teleport. But of course, doing making them all do that would probably be ridiculous. But I find the lingering shadow, the fact that you never really know where he's going to be and he can in constant keep moving about. Uh, and, and for those of you who don't know, sorry, lingering shadow, you all know I'm talking about the ring rays, the, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Just make sure we're on board. The Dolgador ones, right? Yeah. The Dolgador ones. Yeah. So um, it's really just, I enjoy how he teleports and he does represent what he does in the movies. I do get why they gave all the nine their own kind of different personality, I guess we'll call it. But the lingering shadow is the closest to what I see in the films. And that that's what gives me a lot of fun. And honestly, there's never, other than just straight up flying, but even then, like there's no dynamic like that in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, the only model that does that, you know, where your opponent almost doesn't want to kill them because of how they move. So um, so I think it's actually really cool, really fun. And and I'll play them with him without the necromancer all the time. And I, I'm perfectly happy to do so. All right, uh, so Evan, what do you got for your third or next? All right, so I'm sure coming as a great surprise to uh, everybody here, my next pick is the Black Numenorean. Mm -hmm. Um, And sort of like Rob's pick with the Fountain Court, there's nothing flashy about these guys. It's not like they're going to chop through armies all on their own, but they're just so economical for what you get. You get your fight four, you get your defense six, all for nine points. You've got courage four plus one courage up to five. If you've got the Mordor army bonus, I mean, they just do everything. And 
I mean, the cherry on top is that terror special rule. I like to take a lot of ring rates, a lot of stuff with Harbinger of Evil. And my favorite thing in the world is to watch a big hero throw down those dice, roll double ones, and fail to charge into my basic guys. It happens way more often than you'd think it would, and it's incredible every time. I just love them. And also never take the banner or the warhorn, they're trash. <laughs> I love the disclaimer at the end. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. If yeah, you're trying to take a banner in Corsairs, like, just ally in Suidan. <laughs> No, but it, it they're they're great. Their budget, just like just like Rob's, like you said, their budget. I take them all the time with my corsairs, and I even take them with my Mordor, um, just because it is. It's great, and you come up against horde armies, and you're like, actually, you don't have that much more than I do. Plus, your guys are typically courage three or two. Mm-hmm. Here's like a nine point terror model that. I mean, fingers crossed, they're probably going to change it here soon. <laughs> I say that each time I'm like, oh, they're great. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 stop. Like, make them sound worse. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need to stop trash. telling people what's great, right? So so that they don't get nerfed. Yeah, yeah. These, <laughs> these guys are trash. They're trash. Use Blackguard yeah. instead. Blackguard yeah. are way better. Yeah. Blackguard, don't take Fountain Court. They're awful. Yeah, just yeah. all Blackguard. Take them in your uh, Gondor armies. Take them in your Easterling armies. Everything. Blackguard are incredible. With Warhorns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, Warhorn. actually, I was wondering, so um, Evan, you mentioned don't take a banner with them. But I've, see, I've seen some lists in the past where let's say you have just like mortar lists where there isn't a single Black Numenorian and then someone takes a Black Numenorian with a banner specifically just so they have the defense six and terror. Mm-hmm. Well, wouldn't you do that? Do they drop their shield or not if they take a banner? Because I know sometimes they no. FAQ that. No. If no, they, they don't, don't, I don't think so. Well, I would personally, especially if you're taking something like Cardouche, I would just take a Moran and Orc with spear shield and banner. I feel like that's just the better option, or I'd take something cheaper, uh, like uh, just a normal Orc warrior. But I mean, I guess if you if you so desire, if you need that banner to have high courage, if you're not taking Cardus, then maybe I guess. I think it was mostly it's not an awful way. option. Because like, if you if you if you if you give a banner to a to a terror crossing model, then it's less likely that a random guy is going to charge you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I am in the previous edition, not so much now that the army bonus exists. I saw a lot of people taking a single black numerarian with a war horn too, just to make their orcs mm. a little bit braver, but that's a little bit less relevant now yeah. with the army bonus. So, and war horns have also like, they used to be a lot more rare, like a lot more troops can take them now, if I remember correctly. So they're more expensive. Well, I take that yeah. back. Take all of your black numerarians <laughs> with either a banner or a war horn. <laughs> Well, I'm not saying I'm not recommending it now necessarily, <laughs> but I know it used to be the case a lot just because Mordor didn't have a good access to extra courage back then, right? Whereas now they do. One thing I, I would ask though, <clears throat> there's merit to it. Yeah, just I would ask this. Thing. I completely agree with everything you said on the rules, and I think we all agree they're great, right? What do you think of the models? Because one of the things that I don't like about them is the models. I think that they are pretty bad. Uh, the Morgul Knights are cool. If they looked like the Morgul Knights, that would be better. But I am not a fan of the models, even though I love the profile. How do you feel about it, Evan? We had an <clears> argument <throat> about this, so, though, Rob, actually, when you were on you? the show. I was on your side, and a lot of people were like, oh, they're great. They suck. They look Why horrible. is everybody wrong except me and you, Rainier? 
I don't get it. Speaking, I don't. I totally don't. Our team is just better. Clearly, should we start a group chat? Let's just start our own channel. Actually, yeah. You know what? Let's um. Who's got admin controls? Let's kick these jokers off. <laughs> <laughs> but what 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 do you think, Evan? Before I start trashing it. Um. Well, I mean, you might uh, see a, a common theme among the models I like, and that is uh, their their sculpts aren't exactly always the best. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, um, it is a little confusing how uh, they take it just like uh, the mouth of Sauron and decide that they are simply incapable of seeing anything, (laughs) which I've never really understood how that works. It's what Um, makes them terrifying because you never know where they're going to swing or something. They're they're superheroes. They just have helmets. Basically. (laughs) You actually, like, it's one of those helmets where from the outside, it looks like it's just just metal, but but from the inside, it's it's kind of like a two-way mirror. From the outside, you can't see huh. his face, but from the inside, he sees out. They're all wearing like, VR headsets. They all have stormtrooper yeah. helmets. Yeah, I, I think I think with conversions, you can make them look pretty good. You just have to chop off those stupid shoulder spikes that come up mm. from the side, chop off their head because I think that's probably the worst part of the model, and then maybe stick on a Morgul Knight head or something like that. Because the Morgul Knights I like a lot. Yeah, um, me too. Model wise, it so, really should sculpting problem is like because i mean you see even with that new easterling where his face is completely masked like you can do it in a cool way i guess it's just they they look clunky i guess the way that they're sculpted maybe it was due to the time that metal out of the other work i don't, I don't know and, and, and then if you, if you know about armor too it doesn't really make sense because it's just too heavy but i i think they they did just model it off the mouth of Sauron with that same aesthetic. Mm, My big gripe about it is I'm huge into the evil men factions lure-wise, and Sauron was called the Great Deceiver. And he wasn't like going to these uh, nations and being like, I'm scary and freaky looking, come join us. And they're like, yeah, let's worship you. (laughs) No, it was was power and wealth that kind of got Mm -hmm. them, especially the Black Numenorians in Umbar, power and wealth. So I would have wanted to see something that looks more Numenorian, but maybe darker and scarier. And have more like of that, if that makes sense, than to make it look like something out of like that just morphed out of the Black Gate. Yeah, this sense. definitely feels yeah, more like definitely. a like a Warhammer model for me, almost like a lot of just the ludicrous stuff that makes absolutely no sense. Which I think SBG generally does a decent job of making their models look like actual human beings, but I think this one kind of missed the mark. Yeah, it's also weirdly large, right? Um, I don't know if, if what happened, but like when you the sculpt proportions are larger than the models around it, which also makes it stick out a little in a in a gr- not great way. I mean, there's ways around it. I see a lot of conversions out of Men of the Dead with Morgul Knight heads, which looks better, mm-hmm. right? But I'm with you. I would have preferred more of like a almost like an Easterling type look where it's a man, clearly a man that has armor that's spiky and scary maybe, but it's still clearly somebody who used to be a Numenorean because that's all they are. Yeah. You can even make it look like an evil type uh, Swan Knight in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because they were rulers of the sea. Like they were like all over the place and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then of course they've accumulated all this wealth and stuff, but yeah, yeah. Something like that would be really, I would buy the heck out of those models, yeah. but Yeah. Cool. All right, who's next? Nick's going next. What do you got, Nick? Oh, I got the catapults. Catapult? Like the uh, all of them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the modern world catapults. And you just want to throw uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things where like if 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 nothing works, just throw a rock on it. And eventually, <laughs> eventually it'll stick. 
a good life um, lesson, actually, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it, again, it's just one of those things that you don't see them that often. But when you see them, like, they just completely change the dynamic of the game. If you're playing against one, you have to, you, you generally have to, like, split your forces around to actually make those, this sort of checkerboard. But when, 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 when you're using one, sometimes, sometimes they won't do anything for the entire game and you think it's completely useless and you just waste, waste it to oh, 160 points. But then sometimes it's like, it'll just land in the right place and games that you shouldn't have won, you have. So, yeah, it's just like... You see, me- Mick, you're listing all of the reasons why I don't like the Mortal War Catapult. Because <laughs> every time I play against it, it's great and it's fine. And it's like, okay, I've lost a couple of guys. And then, like, on the last turn, my biggest hero gets a rock in the face, <laughs> dies, and then I lose the game. Uh, not so, always fun to play against, let's just say. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where if you're trying to play competitively, you either want to play a list that's, good, that's just going to be solid and you're going to outplay your opponents every time and you're going to win with skill. Or if you've been a little bit rusty, like you haven't played for a few months or a few years, you can just randomly win a tournament with a catapult. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just abandon all skill. Just throw rocks at them until, until it sticks. And it's, I it's don't fun. have any skill, so this is interesting to me. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's like, can I add it to the fountain court guard? <laughs> Prebuchet and fountain court, you say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things that, again, it just gives you a different game than like your, your standard solid list against solid list and just attrition and trying to outplay each other and like slowly finding out the best moves and mm-hmm. being like, ooh, my, my one extra might point was just enough to push me over mm-hmm. after an hour and 55 minutes. <laughs> um, instead, you could just roll, roll a dice at the start and, mm-hmm. and then you happen to win. I also really like um, from the perspective of the person playing the catapult, less so from the opponent, that no matter what, you have to take it seriously because it can do that. So yeah. like you have to, you, you, in a way you almost like dictate their positioning um, and you have some control in the movement phase just by making sure that they know they have to do certain things with their models or your lucky six is going to paste their general or something, right? So, so it is actually a good deterrent as well. All right, Rainier, what's the second model for you? Chariots. <laughs> <laughs> Love Chariot. it. There you go. The whole thing, I mean, Mick just alluded to like uh, playing like a different style of, play- of game and like we're all talking about these different things. Chariots like camels, they they kill in the move phase and there's so much, I guess they, they're a big, big risk and big reward because I've played them many times. They were my main army actually before moving over here. And yeah, it's you got to play them right. You got to position them right. You got to position them two or three turns in advance. Because if you over position them, you'll, you'll usually see pictures of them at tournaments and you'll have it charging up in front with a cab next to it or behind it. That's a huge mistake. Like, don't, don't do that because you cannot turn it around. You take a full turn just to turn it around, and like retreat. You always want to have it reacting to other things semi in the back, unless you are charging up against like a low defense thing, army. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it back to the cheap, like kind of thing, like the chieftains fight five. I love me some fight five. Um, they freak out 
fight five heroes like Aomir and all, all those like guys, and they just kill things and they don't die too. Like you'd be surprised with the defense seven and the bulwark. Um, you could even come up against uh, a big hero and the big hero doesn't kill you. They can't rogue combat through you or something like that. So I even use them to like clog things up, dehorse heroes kind of be there. Um, and yeah, they're just add like some fun to the game. Uh, especially when you you add them to like other heroes like Amder or Gothmog or other things where they're not the main focus. It's just like, oh shoot, there's an 85.55 uh, chariot, one or two in my flanks, plus there's Gothmog, plus there's Amder. Like, what do you do about that? You can't even magic them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I like about them. Uh, back to the move phase. The move phase is extremely important and they kind of, uh, they kind of like play to that style. You have to be really good in the phase and know what you're doing to get the most out of them. So yeah, they're my, I guess like my top three because of that. Plus they're gorgeous models, like Khan in general, the horsemen. Oh my gosh. Like I've had the, some of the funnest part of this hobby is me just painting that army up and, and, and it's just gorgeous. It's gorgeous models, like amazing. This doesn't say all have banners. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. I think it's always gives them interesting little like you can see people create them in like different tribes or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Plans. And that's a liberty of it too, because like a lot of the fall in the realms, you don't see them in the movies. You just inspire them based off the books or whatever you want to do. And there's all this creative freedom, but yeah, also the King has like seven banner exaggerating, but it has like three banners and it doesn't count towards the banner. Like, Victory oh yeah that's always <laughs> you have more banners than any other army in the game but yet you have no banners yeah yeah exactly and there's like some random person there's like soladin with this big old awkward thing and he's like ah, come and get me. <laughs> i i do think that it's cool that you can um in the kandish army like you could give individual personal heraldry to each one if you wanted and it wouldn't be out of place it's very it's a very unique um hobby platform for for a game that usually is fairly monotone right yeah i've seen like war bands like here's like a war band of like six cab they're six cab some are green some are purple mm-hmm. some are red and just it looks super cool it does not like you said it does not look out of place it looks yeah. re- really cool it's, it's, uh, i'm totally with you it's kind of like the bretonian army of old fantasy where they're all yeah. a little bit different but somehow it all works together and it's lore supported yeah. and everything yeah Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh, and also fight five, or excuse me, strength five mm-hmm. on the charge with the piercing strike. Like, again, nasty, kill you some dwarves. So for good, we're building a Boromir Theodred list, and for evil, it is going to be a Mahood Chariot Black Numenorian combo. I'm well, liking this, I'm liking this. We're coming up. <laughs> and then if you guys probably see who plays good, who plays evil. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, it's true, right? <laughs> like, and, then, and then Mix putting his catapult behind you as well, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mix they're just dominating tournaments with like shooting. Mr. Six. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Rob, what's your uh final oh goodness? One? I'm up. So this is my wild card. I don't think people would necessarily expect this from me, but my third favorite profile is actually the Knight of Dale. I absolutely adore this profile Uh, i adore the way it plays i adore the way it looks and i think it is one of the more unique things in the game that makes you play svg completely differently to how you would Uh, would otherwise remind us real quick how many you have of these 
so I have 30 of these that I had uh, purchased from the Forge World web store. I'd, I'd set out actually to buy 24 of them, um, but Forge World is sneaky and they let you go up to 10 on the amount in your cart. And, you know, in a fit of, of hysteria, I was like, ah, let's just max out the cart. So I have all the Knights of Dale I will ever need. I like um, how you have you have like your Knights of the Fountain Court, and you're like, I think I need to play something different. <laughs> <laughs> Knights <Straight> of Dale. <laughs> yeah. Knights but, of um, Dale. But yeah, so this is um, this is an army that plays completely differently to any other army that I certainly play, and I think it's super unique in that this is one of the few armies where their special world triggers when they are charged, right? And so. Um, you know, I think spoiler alert, Dale is probably going to be the army that I'm going to play competitively for a while, um, starting now, and I'm going to try to perfect myself with it, but you know, it, it creates this really interesting dynamic to your point, Mick, where it's not just like this grind, um, where you're waiting for that one dice, your opponent looks at your army and says, do I charge you and make it so that you kill me faster? Or do I let you charge me thereby giving you um, like freedom in the movement phase to get the combats you want or wrap me around or, you know, just generally give up again, like the tempo of the game to you in order to make your troops less deadly. And that's something that you actually have to legitimately think about. And it creates a much more interesting dynamic than, um, than some of the other armies I pray where you're really just like smashing shield walls. Right. And so if you charge me, I'm going to get plus one to wound if I win. And if you make me charge you, not only am I picking the better fight, I'm still going to faint anyway. And I'm going to reroll my ones if I, if I win. So one way or another, I'm a troop that is fairly killy. Uh, and so I can play an army where my troops are the ones doing all the damage and my heroes aren't as important. And therefore, you know, a lot of the tricks that that revolve around shutting down an army's heroes because they're the ones doing all the work uh, against the Dale army just don't work as well because they're like, okay, so, you know, Brand is paralyzed. That's fine. Like, I still have all these knights that you have to deal with. And then you can't just avoid them indefinitely because the army is cheap enough and doesn't have mega heroes. So you've got elf bows coming in at you, like tons and tons of elf bows. So you have to come to them um, or else you're going to get shot to death because they're going to be perfectly happy to sit back and shoot you. Um, and it's just, it's a completely different play style than I think almost any army in the game, kind of like you were saying with the chariots Rainier, where like, or even the camels where they play a way that breaks up the standard grind of SBG or even your catapults. And I find that super interesting. Um, obviously I also love the models. I think they're super cool. They're based off of concept art that never made it into the movie, but they're a really unique design. And I'm really excited to, you know, get them all painted up and start bringing them on the table more. I've played them casually, you know, unpainted kind of in Basement Hammer, which is still like competitive games, but not, you know, at a tournament yet. But, uh, but I'm already absolutely in love with them. And they are my, they are my third choice in my top three, without a doubt. So yeah, you said it perfectly. Like Games Workshop's doing a really good job about releasing new models that actually like the, the, what is it? The warriors do something different to the game. And yeah. I, I'm really excited about that. You saw it. You're just seeing more of it. It's amazing. Yeah. But I'm really excited mm-hmm. about that too. Cause that arm is going to be pretty disgusting. Especially I think it's seven, a sleeper head. I really do. Something yeah. Like elf, elf shots, uh, defense six, uh, bodyguard, all of that just nasty. Like, and then the, the heroes aren't that expensive either for what they do. No, so, so they're they're 110 and 100, right? So they're actually fairly okay. cheap for they're three attack cheap. strikers, right? Um, they can't be three, mounted, right? Three might. 
Yeah. And um, Brand has the same spear rule. So, or sorry, Bard has their spear rule. So if you charge him, he gets plus one to wound, which is interesting. Brand gets um, a lot of rerolls that he can get under certain conditions. So, so, and because they're cheap, um, you can usually get two of them in a captain and still have like 45, 50 models in a 700 point game. And those models are all knights or elf bows, which is, which is pretty awesome. Right. So yeah. I'm super excited it's about pretty, it. Pretty good. Pretty good. It reminds me a lot of Corsairs, which mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I want to play that too. <laughs> <laughs> Join me. We're on the same team now anyway, as we determined. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, my final choice um, is actually Baldo Tolpenny. And if I'm saying is right. Yes. Now, okay. So I, uh, okay. So uh, as you can see from the models I'm picking, it's not necessarily about the competitiveness. I just love that they brought traps into the Hobbit mm-hmm. army. That's and crazy though, Darren, because I almost chose him also. Just for the exact, <laughs> like, yeah, for the ex- exact same with the traps. Yeah, super that. cool. Yeah. I, I, so one of the a lot of people know I play hobbits a lot, and it's really because I find them ridiculous, and they play unlike any other army. But the fact that they're coming to battle with like flowers and 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 little dogs and well, I mean I don't know the Rottweilers, but you know, it, in comparison to the age of men and whatever orcs and trolls are tiny. But you know, I, I always wanted traps and they brought kind of fireworks in i mean not really with gandalf's carpet kind of i guess i want them to go a little bit more exploratory on that but like i just really like that they started you know keeping to that creative theme of just these little things that this these people who really shouldn't be fighting in middle earth do well i I shouldn't be i guess they were involved in several conflicts but you know things that they're doing to to overcome a much larger foe and the traps are i think designed pretty well in this sort of rock paper scissors format that some of the traps are better against certain types of models but they're all not there none of them are competitive it's just i mean i don't know like i i haven't mastered them maybe but they're they're really more minor annoyances which is exactly in my mind what they should be considering the army that's using them so oh, i'm totally. just I have a lot of fun so i think they're great so they're also completely unique. Nobody else does it, right? So yeah, exactly. it's completely unique to to that army and to that profile in a way. It's pre-battlefield planning, and for some reason, no other army does this. <laughs> like, yeah, and right. that, 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 that's what the game needs more of, too. I remember like a long time ago, we did an episode on Wizards and Magic that we changed. Like, yeah. I feel like the game needs more of that like tactical like strategies where you use the, mm. the scenery, use the battlefield more to your advantage but they they are the ultimate like little buggers like they just they just they're just there <laughs> they like stop like like i even like uh i paint up a hundred point army um here in korea just because i i thought i'd miss like lancaster and like the aesthetics very close to like amish country and i'm i just like holy smokes you get what 24 traps or something disgusting with the legion like mm-hmm. it's 16 total if you take it with the legion. S- yeah. 16 but like still that's just still a lot when you got crazy around. like yeah a four by four and then you have like 130 or so mm-hmm. hobbits like that's a huge annoyance but also like from a play style it just sounds like a blast mm-hmm. yeah i i love it I, I do think more armies should do if not even traps maybe like you know we won't go into it but i guess like ambushing and stuff like just more creative things on the battlefield to kind of interact differently but we're, we're slowly seeing the game have to take shape that way as we have so many profiles in the game that they'll start to look similar if they don't you know expand out mm-hmm. so. yeah but all right evan what, my, my, uh, my, my, my like my, my future like hope is like a conscious hero that 
uh, does uh, reinforce, what is it, where they just like arrive wherever they want or ambush, like that'd be amazing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, kind of like I, off a board edge of their want, like an ambush type thing? Oh, that would yeah, be like yeah, yeah. 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 Ch- Chariot off the board edge. Baylor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those type of things actually were <laughs> historical. I mean, yeah, we'll go into our rants on it, but yes, I, I do but hope they, they were, were historical. They were their mercenaries that just arrived the way writers, you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Like, it, it's very historical. And it does affect the flow of the battle in a very unique way. And, and you, the cool part is I remember in War of the Ring, you could, you could pull off really cool, like, like tricks and feints with that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, push them on one side of the board and then, ha ha, ambushers here. And then you close in and like, you know, it just creates a lot of cool dynamics in the game. So, but it does. And you look like, what was it? That one yeah. army, that one battle that I'm reminded of battle, I think it was Vienna where the Polish yeah uh, the hussars yeah, just yeah, 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 they, yeah. They, they just arrived the winged huskarls or whatever and they just like it's cool like i want to yeah. see that in the middle something like it that. is really cool you should yeah, know about that yeah, you yeah, should be the siege of vienna there, there was there was only like 200 of them and they they, they decimated an army of several thousand something like that just, my, yeah. my favorite is my favorite is the king was like <laughs> this giant fat guy he was literally four long in real life like on a horse with a mace in front of them <laughs> and everyone's like okay guess this is what's happening right yeah all right evan what, what's the final model you troll people with <laughs> it's a troll hey, it what <laughs> i'm surprised no one's done the um watch the water even honestly choices i saw that that's because my father isn't here he would have definitely picked it. <laughs> he would have picked right. it for like the top three. Well, like my my guy, my guy is a little more standard, though. I mean, you can certainly say a lot about him, seeing as his description starts with arguably the greatest man in the history of Middle Earth. This Poor is man. not a joke. Nope. <laughs> I know a Elendil? lot of you are thinking Aragorn King Elisar. It is not Aragorn King Elendil. Elisar. It is Elendil, High no. King of Gondor and Arnor. Um You guys know me. I like my super choppy heroes that get stuff done and have all of the the best things in the right places. And Elendil just ticks all of the boxes that you would want in a strong beat stick hero. He's got one higher than fight six. He's got fight seven. So he can just cleave right through all those fight six heroes and every troop in the game. So he's not screwed over by Galadrim Court or anything like that. He's got strength five and plus one to wound, so he can just chop through anything. Defense seven means nothing to him. Three attacks, three wounds, obviously a given. Three might, three will. Um, One fate, which is a little annoying. Um, But he's also got the free heroic actions with the free heroic combat every turn, meaning that he is just a troop murderer. He will cut through them all the time. He can kill four in one turn, super easy. Um, especially with his fight seven, he can do uh, the famous bulging tactic where you charge into some troops, call a heroic combat, and then force heroes to call heroic strikes so you don't charge into them. Um, He's got all the good stuff heroic actions-wise. He's got heroic strike, which obviously you want that, and heroic defense, which is also super useful if he gets overwhelmed by a bunch of models. Um, uh, his standfast is 12 inches, but who cares? Um, and then the main thing as well is unlike Aragorn and all of those other super expensive heroes, he has unbending resolve, 
which means that he gets fortify spirit auto cast on him. Um, even if his will is at zero, he still gets the two dice to resist, which especially in a meadow where Galadriel lady of light is no more. Um, and good heroes are starving for ways to deal with magic. He just does not care. You cast a spell on him, throws maybe a will point, and then his unbending resolve at it, he's probably going to resist it. So he's just got the the combination of traits that you would want on any good hero. He can kill stuff super easily. He's got super high fight value, so he can chop through troops and heroes. He's super resilient to what your opponent is trying to do to him. You know, he's not going to take any magic or anything like that. The only weakness that he has, and this is part of what adds to the fun, is that he's super reliant on that horse. So you need to be super careful, make sure it doesn't get shot out, keep him behind guys, keep him behind terrain, make sure he doesn't get hurled into, because once he loses that horse, he loses a lot of his hitting power. But even then, you can use him to gang up on a bunch of guys then call heroic combat and reposition a whole bunch of your troops. And all of that for only 200 points if you take him for a horse and a shield. So he's, he's just incredible, honestly. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I come up against and I'm like, I don't have a counter. And even as a player that likes sacrificing troops to like slow things down, you can't do that with him. Because he's free heroic combats, he just tears through everything. So yeah, he's, he's a really good pick. And he is terrifying. Yeah, you, you almost kind of just have to hope that you outlast him and get what you need done before he gets what he needs done, right? Yeah. And to your, yeah, your, your point yeah. about the horse, um, he kind of like stealth benefited from the recent FAQs too, right? Because now his horse is also fortified based on his special rule. So he's like the only horse in the game except Asphaloth that can't just be black darted with impunity. So it's actually hard to remove him off the horse now. So, so he's even better. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the few like ridiculously high point models that I have consistently seen kill more points than his points value is actually worth. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like every game he goes, he kills like a super expensive hero and then he just drops through like 10 troops and then a couple of other minor heroes. Him and Gulivar, I think, are the two models that can do that so reliably Mm -hmm. and it's just incredible incredible how some armies just can't deal with him and he'll just kill the entire army with them being able to do absolutely nothing yeah you really just hope he fluffs his roles because sometimes you just don't have an answer Mm -hmm. all right mick so what do we got for your final pick well to follow up from what evan said him and gulavar (laughs) so gulavar (laughs) would be my, my my third pick um, but except, except he's he's one of those things where if you do fluff your role and you and you are surrounded and you are playing as um, uh, I mean if you are numbered and you're in combat with Gulliver and you fluffed it, then your Gulliver is probably dead. Mm-hmm. At which point your army is probably dead too. Yeah. <laughs> so again, it's just one of those things where uh, he's a bit of a glass cannon and a uh, situational thing. And um, my favorite thing actually about Gulavar is the fact that he doesn't have heroic strike because mm. I, I personally don't like heroic strike and that's I preferred the game when there wasn't a heroic strike in it. So it's almost like it, it's, it's almost like a good thing from the past that they haven't <laughs> given a heroic strike. <laughs> and you actually have to like figure out how to play your Gulavar, where to go, where not to go. You can't just go, 
Oh, I'll strike. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll I'll charge and I'll strike, and it just it just makes makes the game more interesting, and complicated in my opinion. Um, he he does have very good defense, which is which which is his saving grace, really. But yeah, the fact that he can just pounce around, he can just do things which other characters can't do, and uh, strength eight obviously wrecks everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually uh, at the last article I had this game where um, my Gothmog and my Shilov ended up being charged by Gulavar and they both died. And oh. Like, okay, yes. well, that's, that's game over. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things where uh, you either end up uh, losing him very quickly and probably lose, or he wins you the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Pretty much regardless what your opponent does. So it's just a cool, fun thing to play. It's really funny how mm-hmm. just adding monstrous charge, that one rule turned him from like a oh, useless yeah. model to like one of the most powerful in the game. Yeah. It's actually, he'd be in my top three models I hate the most. <laughs> <laughs> but everything you say is true. Like he's incredible from a game perspective. I just, I'm offended by him. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate him, Gua, here in Orlando. Like mm-hmm. the three that I'm like, no, I don't want to see you anywhere. You know? mm-hmm. But he, he does like I don't think he's over costed or under costed. Mm-hmm. I think he's pointed pretty well. He's he's pointed really, yeah, he's pointed really well, and he does mm-hmm. bring that like a new dynamic to the yeah. game because then it's like he can knock down things that typically can't get knocked down. He's terrifying, mm-hmm. but he's also super squishy. I mean, at Nova, when I played against Matt. I mean, I shot, I killed him on accident and shooting. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the best kind. Yeah, like he he had knocked down, who was it? Um, Soledan. Soledan had one wound and I had three shots and they're in combat. And I was like, okay, I'm going to hopefully kill Soledan so he doesn't typically heroic combat and go destroy everything in my battle line. So I shot three shots into Boulevard, two hit. I was like, oh, good. Hopefully they hit. They both hit Golovar, and I was like, dang it. And then I rolled a five and a six, and I killed him. And I was like, this is I not think supposed to I it was more ridiculous than that. I think it was three wounds that you got off of three yeah, shots. Yeah. They all and hit, it was and they like all through things, too. It was like through my guys. They hit him, and it was just like, I looked at Matt, and I was like, this shouldn't have happened. That wasn't even what I was supposed to do. Like, should I apologize? I don't know. It was horrible. <laughs> I remember there was that famous story from one of the Warhammer World GTs a couple years back where – where Ali King's Grimhammer threw a throwing oh, yes. weapon at him and killed him against Dave <laughs> Nolan and they like killed Gulivar and won the game on a fluke. So yeah. that always that always makes me laugh whenever I think about it. Actually, no, I think it was um, uh, he threw the axes, he took two wounds off, uh-huh. and then somehow Gulivar charged somebody and then died. Some some something along those lines. Something equally ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It was something ridiculous like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rainier, final pick of the day. What's what's what do we got? Finally get a pick. drum roll. Yeah, this is all on bronze, you, man. bronze Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Here we go, Amder. <laughs> yeah, my final pick and probably my top one would be Amder. Um, first off, I I love the Easterling aesthetic, and I think his pose on the horse is amazing mm-hmm. and it's super cool. But also his playstyle, because I, I I played him a lot just because I like the model. And as I was I've been playing him, I'm like, oh gosh, he's actually pretty good. I think he is costly. Um, he's not the best hero, but like, especially paying 145 points 
for a model with one fate isn't the best. But um, the idea that he has fight six with an elven blade and he can heroic strike for free if someone strikes against him, that's pretty disgusting. Plus, um, just the different things he does, like he counts as a banner towards himself and other Easterlings. Um, he's really good against uh, ring wraiths and stuff like that. And I love him not being my leader. And I love him tagged with other mid-tier big heroes. So, for example, I would run him a lot with chariots. And people wouldn't even realize he was there. Then he'd be there just destroying things as well. Um, or protecting flanks or protecting your back line. And as these new models are coming out, I'm, I'm envisioning him with Rutabi and, a, and maybe a king on chariot and then a chieftain on chariot. Okay. I think that list would be really good because Rutabi would give those free heroic whatever, like Master of Battle on the two plus, which is, what is it, three, three plus, plus or two? Plus? Yeah, it's three. Three plus. But still, yeah. that's like a one or a two and you don't get it. <laughs> that's crazy with the chariots. And then no one would even realize he's there. And then he's there challenging heroes, mm-hmm. um, knocking down the likes of Huron, knocking down, like going toe to toe with the likes of Aomir. Uh, also, potentially, like, stopping Aragorn for one or two turns, but also destroying troops. So I like him for that aspect, that he's just, one, looks amazing, two, fits my Easterling, like, fanatic, like, I love that aesthetic, <laughs> and three, he's actually surprised, always surprised me. I've never played him and not enjoyed, enjoyed him. I've played against a lot of people where they're like, ah, oh, this sucks because he's just dehorsed and stuff. But I think if you pair him with other things that are just as dangerous, then he does a really good job because you don't have to rely on him to lift the whole the whole battlefield, but he can make those I'm differences. Interested in your thoughts on Andrew Change after uh, all these new Easterling profiles are released? See which one takes your top spot. Yeah, I'm. I don't think once the Emperor comes out, I'm really curious about the Emperor. I'm trying not to get my hopes up, but the Emperor Utabi, maybe him. Yeah, but I'm still a con fanatic, and I'm still going to try to sprinkle in the Condis troops. I hope they get a little bit of love in the new supplement, but I don't think they will. Um, and the problem is you're going to have to ally in a king to also go with the Easterlings. Yeah. And it's really the chieftains that I think that are like the undercost, not undercost, but nicely pointed troops that are going to really make a difference in an Easterling phalanx. Because people talked a lot about, oh, the phalanx and the condition that doesn't go together because one's fast, one's slow. No, it goes really well together. The drum's fast to get the Easterlings to the battle and you hit the chariots on the flanks and it's just pretty dangerous. So yeah, I'm curious too. We'll see. Um, I think the Emperor is going to really going to show. And then the Legion, of course, too, because maybe the Legion is going to be amazing. I'm like, oh, maybe I don't need Ander. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I love that. I always felt like Amder was good, but what he was lacking was any backup, right? Because like there was just mm-hmm. no other heroes. But with Rutabi now, like Rutabi anchoring the phalanx, him hunting heroes and chariots munching troops, like you said, that's phenomenal. I love that. Yeah, and it, it, it is like, I think even him just with Rutabi and other infantry Easterling heroes, I don't think it's the best because you need him to be like a mounted quick threat with other mounted quick threats, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And I do think like that's what him and Kamul are pretty dangerous. But even those two, I think would need another mid-tier thing like a chariot mm-hmm. to go with them. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, you're going to have your spam of lake town i'll probably have my spam of easter boys so i can't wait 
Mm-hmm. I've already got all the metal ones I bought from from a friend, ready to paint when I go back to America. And I'm like, oh, so so excited that I'm gonna pick up my Candish Candish army, and it's gonna. Oof, even if I lose, they look so nice that I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> I really wonder how much money Games Workshop made on those metal made-to-order Easterlings because everyone I've talked to ordered like three or four packs of them. So they had to be <laughs> spinning that machine night and day, right? That might be the most popular made-to-order I've ever heard of. Yeah, it's because you don't get pikes. No, <laughs> exactly. Plastic. They're actually more the economical than buying the plastic. Actually that good Mm-hmm. the only thing is if they go on a hill and you like sneeze and they fall over but they'll be fine yeah yeah all right well then awesome I guess choices that's... all around yeah different choices too yeah we all chose cool we, of our, we didn't all like that one but, i would yeah. love to hear um in the comments what people thought of that and what they what that reveals about our various interests and play styles that they found interesting so exactly exactly and I'm, I'm curious what like the viewers top three would be also mm-hmm. and for same reasons too like if you guys want to comment your top three and explain why too because there's always one of those surprises where we're like what mm-hmm. and then we see the explanation and we're like oh that does actually make sense mm-hmm. if you say the ball rog i'm going to delete your comment <laughs> <laughs> all right then well i guess that concludes for this episode and we will see everyone soon